0: Welcome to the Seven Figure Summit podcast. I'm Scott Bywater, the founder and CEO of Copywriting That Sells. We help entrepreneurs leverage their email list, websites, funnels, and ads to get high quality leads via strategic copy written in your brand's voice. Just go to copywritingthatsells.com.au to see some of our success stories. Also, don't forget the Seven Figure Summit is always looking for guests. Simply visit podcast.copywritingthatsells.com.au to apply. Welcome everyone. It's Scott Bywood here, and today I'm interviewing Helen Tarrant. And Helen, Helen's um, become Australia's number one commercial property specialist since arriving in Australia at just the age of uh, seven years old. And uh, yeah, since 2012, together with her husband, she's built a thriving commercial property portfolio exceeding, exceeding ten million dollars. And uh, and she's also built an incredible business. That goes along with it, educating uh, people about how to invest in in commercial property. Uh, so together with all that, she's uh, you yeah, know facilitated up to hundred sub one point two million deals annually, and is a seasoned speaker, educator, and mentor, conducting workshops across Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane. Uh, so her online program, commercial property cash flow, empowers individuals in their property investments. So. Welcome, Helen. It's it's great to have you here.
1: Thanks, Scott. It's always interesting to explore the world of cash flow and business.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And, and can you take me back, Helen, to like the, I guess, the the early days when you, because obviously what we're looking at with this podcast is, you know, how do you, how do you actually, or how does someone actually climb that summit from the bottom of the summit to the, I guess, the, to the top of the summit where you've got that seven figures in in revenue, what was it like in the early days for you?
1: So um, you were the jack of all trades when you started business. So you were the, the sales team, the marketing, you were the uh, the mentor. You were the – so Unicorn Commercial Property, which is the, the company that I own, we're an uh, education plus a specialist buyers agent. And the reason we call it a specialist buyers agent is that if someone walks off the road um, and says, I need a buyers agent, we say, no. We said no, we're not a buyers agent. You have to come through and do our education and planning first, and then we'll help you do the buyers agency. And the reason we would do it that way is because we know that investors coming from residential into commercial or just commercial investors don't actually buy commercial property until they've had some education and planning so they know what they're buying right and I didn't know that in the beginning when I first started and so when you climb the mountain you don't actually know what that final product is and now I know I've got that crystal clarity this is the pathway right so you kind of are trying to work out what that pathway is and I started off uh, because I realized there was no education on the commercial property space in Australia and I was like well Someone needs to tell people that there's an option to residential is to invest in commercial. So that was the rationale. So it might as well be me and I might as well do it, right? And because I've had in the first five years of being in commercial, we we took a portfolio from buying one $360,000 property in Sydney to a $10 million portfolio and sort of from there sort of just grew. And I was like, someone needs to know. This is information that people don't know. So that's why I started with education. Right. and when I started with education 2016 I was the only educator but it was the worst time because the worst thing they always say in marketing and in business is when you have to educate a whole market right the market doesn't know anything uh because usually when people are uh, in a market the market already knows the product right if you're a coach or a mentor people know what that is right if you do business like uh, you're a copywriter people know what copywriting is if you're in um if you are into in- digital you do facebook ads people know what that is right you do e-business you sell t-shirts but when you say invest in commercial property people are like uh okay is that like a boarding house or is that like a um those tiny homes like they are Is that an ndis like this is the question people actually had no idea what a commercial property was so i wasn't even starting at um I was starting way below ground zero. (laughs) So I've got to climb myself out of the water to just getting people to have the awareness of, oh, the warehouse or the office that I'm sitting in, the restaurant I ate it is a commercial property. Someone owns this space.
0: Yes. (laughs) So that's that's
1: sort of when you first start, you sort of go, oh, wow. And that's I think that's the the fundamentals. And when you start a business, you've got to realise what does your market know? What does your market don't know? And how do you start the journey of getting customers so that they know, like, and trust you and they want to buy from you?
0: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And you sort of went through that, you know, went through that process. Like, so when you, when you started in commercial property, it sounds as though you didn't really, because you, you've done two things, right? You've built, a seven figure property portfolio commercial property portfolio and then you've gone out there and then built a seven figure business. so you've done it almost twice in both from a I guess a consumer perspective if you want to call property a they're both businesses really but then from a, a traditional business business perspective in both of those occasions it sounds like you at the, in the beginning you were like fly, would you say you were flying blind in the beginning and you you worked it out?
1: Yes, like uh, I, you just don't, when you start a business, you, you try to prep yourself and that's the mistake most most business owner does with not starting is that they prep themselves with everything. They learn about marketing, they learn about um, sales and they learn about delivery they learn about, and then they've taken two years, right? I'm kind of like, all right, I need to, I need to start talking to people about commercial property. So within the time of me deciding that's what I'm going to do and that the market had nobody uh, and there was an actually an interesting story around this is because we'd invested in commercial property um, and Sydney had a massive uh, storm and hail and rain and all of this stuff just like pretty much Gold Coast have had this year. like that, And it took almost every single commercial property roof off. like It was just got hammered, And I was in the office trying to get a roof from the on our property um, down in Warriwood. eleven roofing companies I've caught. None of them could get out without within two weeks, right? So wow. you have to do stuff because your tenants had, you know, can't operate. You got to drive the stuff out. Look, eventually the insurance company paid like eighty percent of everything, but at the time, right, you got to do what you need to do to make sure your tenant continued to operate. Um, and you continue to get some cash flow in and all of this stuff. I just realized to myself, holy crap, how does the average investor prepare for something like this? There's nothing, there's no Bible. There is nothing out there that prepares someone for it. And I thought that's the gap in the market and not only understanding commercial, but how to actually cope with these kind of situations, right? Because it could really literally send someone broke, right? something like that. uh, If you don't deal with it properly. And, what also got me, and from deciding sort of from that day of waking up goes, that's what I'm gonna do. This is where I'm gonna do commercial property education. I was running my first live event in three months after that. So within three months, I was in front of an audience telling people how to invest in commercial property. Wow. So my execution and to the thought process is always much faster and just figuring out. And once you've delivered a couple of um presentations, you kind of kind of figure out oh, the market wants this, so let's create what the market wants, right? Yeah. Um, I I remember doing my first presentation and it was like, this is the presentation and because I speak really, really fast, uh, most people say on YouTube they watch people one and a half times except for me because I already <laughs> talk at one and a half speed, that I did a 90-minute presentation in 60 minutes. Yes. <laughs> Because <laughs> I just ran through all my material. <laughs> and so then realized, oh, I gotta you gotta go and add more materials. This is not gonna work. This format so kind of like changed it the next day. And for really literally the first year, I felt my my presentation changed every time because I would get the questions from the audience or I'll get some feedback and I'll be like, I didn't cover that. So I'll go back, do my presentation and redo it again. <laughs> And
0: try yes. the next night, right? Yes, yeah. and, and and that's 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 such an important point that you make because one of the things with um, copywriting, they say, Robert Collier said the number one thing is you need to enter the conversation going on in the in the customer's mind, and it sounds though with your presentation you were constantly listening and adapting each time based on your based on the conversations that you were having with them and what they were telling you.
1: I think from my point of view, it's been that I don't – because I came into commercial property from a different point of view looking for cash flow, and Mm -hmm. I look for cash flow probably the same way that our clients do today. But I look for cash flow, I found it, I knew nothing about commercial property, I did as much research as I can, and then I went and bought a property, right, and you just sort of winged it, right. Um, I realised that the average investor wasn't doing that. And then after that I just sort of learnt – as I went along, as I, you know, made mistakes, but then, you know, you recovered from the next one and the next one. And I thought, well, I actually don't know the base of my customer because once you've done become an experienced, it's like an experienced developer in property is trying to talk to the layperson about how to develop property. It, it becomes very hard because their conversation comes across as like, give the grush to someone who is starting out and don't know the first thing about, like, how do you do a splitter block? And, like, what is the splitter block? <laughs> yes. What is equity? If the question is what is equity, a splitter block is not even a conversation you even start, right? So I, I didn't, and when you're at that level, you actually don't know the level of your customer. So in order to actually do the presentation, you actually have to hear what the customer is thinking or covering not covering what they're thinking and so you can improve it
0: yes yes no no ab- absolutely absolutely and how important was it for you like or how important do you think it is for let's say someone who's listening they're they're not at that seven figure mark or maybe they haven't even started a business but how important do you think it is for them to be able to to be able to just dive in like you're like I didn't know everything, but I just dove in and I started doing it. How important has that been to your, you know, to your success?
1: I think that's that's a fundamental thing. I've um the reason our company's grown the fastest it has been, it's because the question has been how can I do it faster, better and yeah, faster, quicker, and better than anyone else in this market. Right? The answer to all of our questions is just do better, right? People get like constantly our salespeople come in and go, oh, "We're not hitting that mark. The mark is like this. it's just like just find a better solution, right?" And the they said, "Oh, well, we're not. You know, we didn't that marketing didn't go well. Or oh, the mark is really hard. You can't source or find, but you know, a property for a client on this yield. Just do better. Like just to find a better process, right?" and It's, you have to be able to, in business, live with doubt, insecurity, and fluidity.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, And I
1: think that's why when you look at a lot of the success stories, a lot of people have had very volatile backgrounds and upbringings as a child, that actually have taught them that living with volatility this is your norm living with change is your norm living with you know just flying and making sure the things work out is your norm
0: Mm, yes yes that's actually a really good point because uh, i was reading something yesterday about about like long-term strategic planning and it was it was sort of a it was a a university type document but um he was saying you know based on all the studies that the long-term strategic planning it actually doesn't it's not very effective, or it doesn't really doesn't really work, and I, I've seen that so much because it's it's just it's hard to know what's going to happen, right? Really, so it's like that that ability to just go make a decision, and it's almost like you're on stepping stones, right? And when you get to that stepping stone, you've got a totally different vision when you get to stepping stone number three than what you've got right now because of your experiences.
1: Yeah, the pathway will. Uh... I think the pathway you know instinctively what you need to do. that's what I always believed in you knew, you know instinctively what to do. Uh, so you just need to get to that point. So a lot of people reach for too far and their brain can't comprehend it. That's the other thing I that I've learned and I've learned that through my clients who bought property, right because they've had a negative residential property all of their lives. Now you're going, you're going to get a positive cash flow property. They can't believe it because their system and their brain has never had that experience and they don't know it. So they're going into it with fear, right? They, they can't stop it. And it's not, no matter how much you prep them, they're going into the transaction with fear because they have never had that experience. So you are doing everything to manage them mentally to stop that fear overcoming them blowing the deal the deal there's nothing wrong with the deal it is the client who've never had the experience and they when they get through the deal two months three months later i always tell them it's three months in three months time you will come back and knock on my door and say give me more give me more. Why didn't someone tell me this 10 years ago? And this, and the reason for it is in three months, you're going to find no cyclone has come and taken off the roof of your property. Your tenant didn't pack up overnight and ran away. No floods came and swept it away. And no nothing happened in terms of no vandalism, no, nothing like that you thought that would be so far reach has happened to your property. And each month, money has dropped into your account. You've had money left over and you're wondering to yourself, what the hell? has happened because it screwed up my worldview, right? And then three months later, it became a norm. And now you're like, this is all I want, right? So in business, it's the same thing. It's like I most people think I'm going to try to get to a million-dollar turnover in 12 months, right? They've just never experienced that. Their brain cannot comprehend that. But their brain can say, I'm going to earn $60,000 a year from doing this. Or a hundred thousand, because that's what I'm currently earning from my job. Right. And you know what? Your brain's already saying, I can do that because I've done it before. I'm going to work every day. I'm earning 60K or 70K or 150 or even 250, whatever it is that you earn. Right. So just make a plan to earn the same amount of money you're earning now so that your brain's not so stretched and stressed that you didn't do a million dollars in turnover. Right. You made the same money as you did when you weren't in business, but now at least you can work in the business that you want to work in, right? That's one step forward. And then next year, because you've made 250 or 100, whatever it is, last year you can say, well, now I want to make 400 or I want to double that. I want to make 500. And your brain's going, I can do that. I need to just tweak one, two, three things. And the brain can do that. Yes. But the failure comes from people wanting to do a million dollars in their first 12 months and they've never done it before and their brain can't stretch that far. I know there's Anthony Robinson. I know there's like NLP and I know there's heaps of business coaches who empower you to do it. But in reality, like I learned this from our clients, like if you never got $20,000 positive cash flow from a property, you can't believe until it happens. So if you never made a million dollars in business, your brain – and at the end of twelve months, you go, "Oh, I didn't do it, so I'm a failure." It's like, "Well, you weren't a failure. You replaced your income, which is the number one step, right?"
0: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, and and, and that brings like because you, you hear a lot these days about you know like you got Grant Cardone and and uh, I think there, there's there's a few books in, out there about that that 10x sort of methodology, which is yeah. hey, 10x you. 10x your business, so you're going to go from 100,000 to a million, or 500,000 to five million, let's say in 12 months. What you're saying is that for most people, that's just the brain just can't comprehend it, and then they they feel often feel let down at the end of that at the end of that process, rather than just taking those baby steps and the compound effect over time.
1: Yeah, because the thing is, when you scale a five million dollar like I, we have this thing like this year, but the twenty twenty four goal for Unicorn is that we're going to double our sales from last year. I mean, yeah. we in the challenging environment that we've had with interest rates and everything else that's been thrown at us, our clients getting delayed with finances and all the equity stripped out of their homes and refinance, whatever that came, low valuations, whatever you you name it, got it right. We still exceeded our previous. The sales from the previous year by 30%, right? Yeah. Now, this year, I said, we're going to double our sales and we're going to triple our uh, bias agency service. And everyone's in the company looking at me and goes, How? How is because we already have the ecosystem already. We're tweaking our ecosystem by 10% rather than creating ecosystems. I think you can definitely scale exponentially once you created your ecosystem. But the, ecos- the, the, the hardest thing to do in business is to create the ecosystem mm. to start with.
0: When, right. when you say ecosystem, can you define what you mean by ecosystem?
1: So you've got to have a sale. You've got to have sales. So you've got to have your your, your funnel, your sales funnels, yeah. your, yeah. So And then before that, you've got to go, well, where's my marketing? So where's my marketing marketing and sales needs to talk there's marketing uh, and that's all your that's all your front end stuff are you doing socials are you doing your ads are you doing referrals are you doing present what are you doing right so you're you're advertising your marketing you've got to have your sales sorted out so this is the pipeline this is how people sign up this is their onboarding process right then you've got delivery delivery of your product right so is that down packed? Are you doing all of the delivery, or have you offshored it to someone else? As in, like offload it to someone else, uh, or are you the sole person doing it? So, if it isn't, if it is, then you need to find someone who can back you up. Otherwise, you're gonna you you you, you can't when you scale and you're getting ten times as much orders. You're gonna fail everybody, and there's gonna be refunds, right? Yeah. So yeah. you've got that, and then you go well, what do I have as an aftermarket service? So when they clients finish up the transaction, how do you keep them engaged at coming back to you? How do they feel loved or being part of the community? How do you provide ongoing services? How do you do that? So that's your ecosystem. Yes. And... Most people, when they start out the first 12 months, they're trying to get to that million-dollar turnover or $10 million turnover, whatever they're trying to get to, while building an ecosystem.
0: Yep, yep. And Um, it's
1: like you're not able to scale until you've built the ecosystem, so build the ecosystem first, and that's the slowest part. But build it and then do it. Like it took us five years to launch Platinum. We now have a Platinum program, but it took five years in the beginning I was like everyone every podcast I listened to every internet marketer that I've read every book you got to have yeah the Russell Brunson's do your ascension model do the platinum do it like everyone's saying a business coach do your platinum right and I was like I don't have a platinum program I don't have a platinum product I don't even know what that product looks like right now right and We launched it in December of twenty three, which for most people it's a crazy time to launch a platinum program at twenty five k at the end of the year, right? Yep. But we got twelve sales from that. We ran two workshops in Sydney and Melbourne. Says, "Look, it's going to be a workshop. Let's just do it. We got to launch it because this is a good time because they kick off in January, and we got we got twelve sales from it." It's not a huge amount because I was like, I need to restrict it. I didn't push it that hard. We basically went to our own database and say, hey, we're having a workshop. Show up to this workshop. It's going to be about commercial property, uplifts and flippy, commercial property. Turn up and we'll teach you how to for three hours. So teach them. We then said, look, if you want us to do it, this is our 25K
0: program. Yeah, nice.
1: And we had 12 sign-ups over there. So we only had small groups that were like, I think 50 people or so to turn up to each of the workshops. So it wasn't huge. And But this now allows me to go, okay, well, i have now going to have 12 case studies in six months. Hmm. Now my 12 case studies is going to be a shot by shot case study. Each of them could be an hour long telling people how we first started with this client to what we bought them to how they've changed it to what's happened, what's the outcome, right? Those 12 stories are going to be it could trigger us 200 sales in the next 2 three years right because everyone now has a belief like someone else did it this is their journey and right and so we can scale but we're not going to we're not going to go in may and launch platinum again we're going to spend the next 6 months making sure that every, those 12 people are going to all make a huge amount of money from it so that we can then scale.
0: It's because to and me, then in the
1: space of that one 12 when we do the scale. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because to me, well, what you're saying is something that's often missed in the marketing books and that sort of thing. It's like the you've got to have the foundation, right? Because you can be the best marketer in the world. But if you're, if you don't have the capacity, like if there's, you know, if you don't have those assets in place, those and the and the ability to deliver on it, you're just con- gonna be constantly putting your foot on the pedal, taking it off, putting it on, put it, taking it off. Uh, would you would you sort of agree with that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean the worst thing that could happen is that you put your foot on the pedal and you get somewhere, but you have to backtrack because it wasn't ready.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, ab- absolutely, absolutely. And that ecosystem, I like that. I like that word. To me, to me, it's like building a building the capacity or having the, I guess building the bucket before you building a bigger bucket before you start throwing water in, right? So it can actually yeah. has a capacity to capture what you're throwing into it.
1: Yeah. Well, the attitude we always say is, are you do you have buckets or are you building a pipeline? Right. Yeah. So the and when you're creating wealth in, in property of any kind, whether it's residential or commercial, you're looking at building a pipeline. And that pipeline yeah. is going to feed you whether that's constant growth or whether that's 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 cash flow. It's a pipeline. All right. And the same with business, right? Do you have a pipeline in place? Did you build the ecosystem so that one thing follows the other as the pipeline and out spits the cash?
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, that's um that's, that's great. And you mentioned something before which was which was about instinct. Uh, what, what's your feeling on or what, what's your thoughts on you know, gut feeling, instinct, intuition within that whole process of building a you know building a business?
1: So for me, the hardest thing in business is that you have to stand alone on your own convictions and your decisions mm. and carry through on those no matter what the world says to you. Yeah. And if you look at all of the successful people, the Elon Musk of this world, the um, Jeff Bezos, that's what they did. They built something when the world said, that's crazy, right? Why would you do that, right? The moment the interest rate went up last year, I walked into our sales manager's office and says, today we're an education company. We're no longer a bias agent. We no longer do sourcing. We're an education company. And he's like, what? I haven't even got my head around the fact that interest rates just went up. And I'm like, today we're an education company. This is our education package. We are going to sell education today. Right. Before then, we, we heard the market. The market is, I'm not interested in education, I just want you to find me a, a property or we just want buyers agents, right? The moment the market changed that morning I said, We are a, we are education, right? We're going back because I started my life as an educator right? We went to become a buyer's agent because our clients after the first year said, we love your education. We want you to find us a property. And yeah. um, like, okay. At the time I was like, I don't even know how to. They're like, just buy something you would buy. Well, that's easy. <laughs> just go and Tell me what you need. I'll go and find what I would buy. Right. And that's how we really started. And, and that's been our motto is we would only put our clients into a property that we would do ourselves. Right. That's what we would do. And then um we then during covid people were like we just don't want education we just want to find the deals just find us a deal so we're like okay let's just do what the market wants right but the moment the interest rate went up i was like no we're going back to education we're an education company that's our core that's our foundation what we're we going back to right and that has made the company and grown the company in this challenging time and i was uh i was making that Decision, and for a week we worked out what that product would include. Right, so every week, every morning I walk in. Goes now, I wanted to add this, and our sales is like, at the end of the week, he goes, so this is it. Now, now we got to sign on. We are going to go with this. No more changing of ideas. No more. <laughs> like they literally. I think the team lives in fear of me having a downtime because I walk in. Goes this is what we're doing. Like, <laughs> so, but that at the time. People thought it was crazy. Like, like our my, my business partner, our, our internal team was like, but people didn't want education. I said they didn't want education six months ago. They didn't want education yesterday. But let me tell you, the interest rate has given the market a shock and people don't know where they're going. They're going to want direction. They're going to want education. This won't work, but in three months' time, we're going to be in a different space right? And we have excelled in education in the 12 months, even though, you know, some of our buyer's agency deals have come, have have sort of fallen, because with interest rate going up, people can't service the same deals. They could buy last month, they can't buy in the next month, right? And that was the volatility of it that we didn't, you know, that would have impacted on our business had we not been in education. But the education became the stable foundation, and kept the business growing. And without that, we would have never been able to launch Platinum. Because yes. Platinum is, yes. a lot of it is around education, but a different form of education, developments and flipping for commercial property. right
0: Yes, yes. And and that's speed of decision-making because because I think essentially as as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, your success is 100%, I mean, in many ways, 100% dependent on your decisions, right? um That's what that's what sort of separates the successful entrepreneurs to the to, from the um average entrepreneurs how do you go about making decisions
1: unfortunately my biggest my biggest weakness is i make decisions too fast right yes. so right. um and that's the thing that gets me to strife all the time because people want to deliberate about it people want to have a meeting about it people want to have a, <laughs> want to talk to everybody for opinions <laughs> And I just go, this is a decision. I, yes. And I am actually in some ways the the worst for it and the better for it in one sense because I tried to renovate a, my parents' house, which I just bought them up the road last year. And I said to the guy coming in to do doors, like like in, internal cupboards and stuff, and he says to me, all right, I need to show you these things and you need to pick a door. So he showed them to me. I go, that one. And he goes, now. I need you to think about this because you're going to change your mind in about 24 hours. And I said, I don't. This is the door. And he goes, but are you sure? I said, I am absolutely sure this is the door. <laughs> and he kept asking me, like, for the next two weeks because he's winning orders, he goes, I haven't quite got there, but they'll make it. And this, are you sure about the door? And I said, I am absolutely sure about the door. <laughs> and then when it came, he was kind of an petrified that he's going to put the door in and I'm going to go, oh, gee, I hate the door. Yeah. <laughs> and he put it in and I was like, it's fine. He goes, what yeah. do you think? I said, it's fine. And, was like, and he was so baffled by it because I know when you're doing a house, most people take forever to make a decision. But if you give me three options, I would just pick a option and then we're just going to run with it. right? For better or for worse, we're running with this option. And that's been my downside in the sense that um, for someone who works with me in the business, is really hard because the direction just changes so fast and they are, you know, behind the eight ball trying to get to it or they feel like I didn't consult them in making the decision. Even though I would say to them, look, do you remember like a month ago, two months ago, three months ago, we had kind of a conversation about I think this is the direction or maybe we should be doing this or that. It's like, yeah, we kind of threw some ideas around. Well, yeah, we did. That was the conversation. Yeah. Like now the market's changed and we're doing this. Right, um, and that's sort of, and uh, my, and then I worked out it wasn't my intention to put them out. It was just when I make that decision, that decision's made, right? And the great thing is, and the the upside is, that once the decision is made, you can execute. So I could make a decision at four a.m. in the morning, and it will be partly executed by ten a.m. So when the team has actually had their free time to think about it by twelve or two, they're like. So this is like half done, yeah. It's in motion. It's half done. So they yes. kind of feel like they kind of didn't have a choice to say yes or no. They kind of had to jump on the back and kind of get the train going. And I think that is that uncomfortability with that team because they feel like they they sort of have to play catch up. Because in a normal organization, people spend a lot of time deliberating
0: and they do it. Yes, yes. So in some way, it's a. In some ways, it's a superpower. At the same time, right? Because you you get things done very. I, can, I imagine you can get things done very very quickly as a result of that.
1: Yes, I do. One time, I um, and this was I was I had a laugh about. It. My son was doing a presentation and he was in kindergarten. I think no, year one. Um, he, he was sort of saying, "Oh, look, they need to talk to about a teacher wants us to talk about a favorite place, right?" And I've been so busy that week. He only got to me the afternoon. And goes well. I said, "When is the presentation?" He said, "It's tomorrow." <laughs> Just my friend. Uh, and this was and I was like, okay, well it's 3 p.m. or 4 p.m. now. He goes, you talk and what are you going to talk about? He goes, I'm going to talk about Yamba because we've been holiday there and I really love Yamba. And I want to go back there and you know, I really love it. And I'm like, okay, well, firstly, let's do a poster or something about Yamba, right? Like, tell me all the things. But then I said to him, Look, how many people are in your class? And he's like, Oh, about twenty-three kids. I said, you know what, we should do t-shirts. We should do T-shirts about I love Yamba, right? So I call my des- my editor and says, I need a logo. And here's some options. So I just pulled it out of like Google and so there's some photos and I think make this a logo of I love Yamba. Then I call this a T-shirt company and says, if I give you a logo, could you print it on like size six to eight T-shirts? And can I pick that up in the morning? Like, And I was like, yeah, can okay, we do 23 of them? So by like... He'd gotten by the close of that business, he had gotten his logo. We've got t shirts on the way. And the next morning, I'd driven up to the city, picked it up, and so that my son could go to school with his poster and a whole tank of t shirts, going, Hey, you know, I love Yamba. And everyone wore, I love Yamba t shirts. And he did his presentation and it was phenomenal. And I think all the parents probably thought I spent hours and weeks working on this stuff. (laughs) So, i guess that in one speed of what i sort of think of how fast we do things um and that's why we i internalized a lot of our team like we've got an internal marketing team because when i would hire an agency they would say oh give me your ads it'll be up in two weeks and i'm like well what if i want to run an event on saturday i need the emails out today
0: yeah, 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 it allows to. So, so a big thing, a big thing for you, like a high value is speed, right? Like the speed of execution, like bang, 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 sort of thing. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. that's, um, no, that's, 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 that's great. And I, I think that's my big takeaway from, from today is just the, the importance of that, uh, I guess that, that speed of execution and implementation um and i guess trusting your trusting your instinct and just going away and and uh you know getting things done and just going out there and doing it as well as i think the other one is the importance of having of from a mindset perspective setting you know goals that are realistic particularly if you don't have the uh infrastructure in place or the ecosystem in place um which is yeah which is such a such a powerful insight so so if, if someone's listening to this this podcast, Helen, they want to get in touch with you, they want to reach out to you. What, what's the best way for them to um, yeah to, to get in get in touch?
1: The best way to get in touch is uh, to check out the website, helentarrant.com. So uh, That's just uh, Helen with T-A-R-R-A-N-T.com.au. The company is Unicorn with a K. And the reason we called it Unicorn with a K is because every one of our clients coming there wants to find the property that's a unicorn, which is a 10% yielding property in Sydney with development potential with a national tenant under a million dollars, which doesn't exist. So I decided to call the company Unicorn. And the reason it has a K in it instead of a C is because we're new age alternatives and we can put different letters in, <laughs> in the name. <laughs> uh, it might as well be a K, right? <laughs> so, um, so it's unicorn with a K.com.au. But YouTube channel is the best way. Uh, if you just Google Helen Tarrant YouTube channel and uh, reach out to me, helen at unicorn.com.au. And we'll give you lots of information about everything. And if you just want another chat about business, I oh, will be more than happy to give you some Unsolicited advice.
0: <laughs> yes, no, that's uh that's great. It's unicorn with a case. So th- thanks so much, Helen, for your for your time. It's been extremely insightful. I've got a lot of uh, aha moments out of it, and I'm sure everyone listening to it um well as well so um yeah really really appreciate you taking the time out today scott Bywater here and thank you for listening to the seven figure summit podcast if you're a successful seven figure entrepreneur who'd like to share your journey on this podcast please visit podcast.copywritingthatsells.com.au if you got something out of this interview i'd love it if you could share this episode on social media Likewise, if you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them to let them know about the show and include the hashtag 7 Figure Summit. There's nothing I love more than seeing your posts and guest suggestions. Now we're regularly putting out new episodes and content, so to make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to my team and I. If you'd like to connect, go to copywritingthatsells.com.au or follow me on LinkedIn or Instagram under Scott Bywater. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.